0: That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar Sinai. The Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper presented by
5: Cedar Sinai. Hey Dr. Clapper. How are, How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer.
0: <laughs> yes, doc. I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper.
5: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. What a pleasure each and every Saturday to be with you. Today's topic is pressure points, because at 815, calling in is a company that makes a really cool new device that we need to learn about called a Marma mat And that's where the topic comes from. But before we get into some storytelling, let's take a caller. Let's go to Chris in Ventura. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help?
1: Hey, Dr. Clapper. No help. You've already helped me uh, tremendously. I had my hip replaced with you about uh, three months ago, and it was literally the best experience I could have possibly ever imagined.
5: Oh, so nice to hear from you. Well, if you're in Ventura, then you'll need to go to Good Time Donuts and have a blueberry glazed donut and tell Sue I say hello.
1: Well, I do that every Sunday. I just keep missing you, but uh, I'll hopefully do that uh, next week. But I've I've been back to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and uh, martial arts Taekwondo. Uh, that's th- right at uh, six weeks, just like you told me I could, and it's been wow. literally the best thing I've ever done for myself.
5: Well, so you know thank why, you so God, much. God, you're very welcome. God put us together for a reason, and if you think you feel this good, Chris, at three months. You got nine more months of healing. It's going to keep getting better and better. And you know what the ultimate compliment will be? It'll be the day after it's a year, and you'll actually have to remind yourself, oh, my God, I had hip surgery, because you're going to actually forget. That's how good you're going to feel. And the best part is not only does your hip feel good, But you're helping save your other hip. Your knee feels good. Your lower back now feels good. When you do this operation perfectly, like a surgeon is a sculptor, where the leg lengths are equal and the muscles are not touched, it's a beautiful thing to be able to get someone young and active like you back in the game. This is why I became a doctor to meet people like you, Chris.
6: Hell yeah.
1: Thank you so much. Okay. I really appreciate it. All right. I'll see God, you tomorrow. God see bless. In the water. You.
5: God God bless you. And say hi to Sue for me at Good Time Donuts. Appreciate it. 100%. All right, percent Thank you. What a, what a beautiful phone call. Thanks so much, Chris. All right, let's get into pressure points. Pressure points in the world of music. In the world of music, a guy named Phil Spector put together a song called Be My Baby. This is what it sounds like with the Ronettes. Now, What you don't realize is there's 36 musicians in a room. There's 36 musicians playing all at the same time, seven guitars, four pianos, echo chamber. And this song changed the life of Hawthorne's very own teenager, Brian Wilson, who created the Beach Boys. But listening to that song changed his life. Listen to Brian Wilson tell you about what it's like to hear pressure points in his ear, into his brain. Because of those 36 musicians, and then hearing the "Be My Baby" on top of it,
4: Phil Spector—he—he um, he was everything. Like there, there, there's nothing to compare. He was it. The biggest inspiration in my whole life. Yeah, I was in my car with my girlfriend and we were driving around and um, all of a sudden this guy, Wink Martindale, a disc jockey, he goes, all right, here we go with Be My Baby by the Ronettes. And, uh, and they start playing, you know, and, you, know, Be, you know. And all of a sudden they got into this part. Be My Baby, Be baby. baby. and And, and I, I said, what is what? Whoa, whoa! I pulled over. I pulled over to the side of the, of the uh, street, in the curb, and I went, My God! Wait a minute! I went, No way!
5: That's what it sounds like when a pressure point hits your ear and goes to your brain. Phil Spector in the wall of sound. This is Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys telling you this.
4: I was flipping out. I really did flip out. I, balls out. totally freaked out when I heard it. Freaked me out. I got my mind blown. Pretty much. (laughs) I know it's funny, I mean actually in a way it wasn't really getting your mind blown. It's like getting like your mind revamped. It's like once you've heard that record, you're a fan forever.
5: and guess who was one of the backup singers for Phil Spector creating the wall of sound this is how her career got started share listen to share talking about being in that room with 36 musicians pressure points on your on your ear going to your brain there was just a vitality
3: in the room that was would lift you off of your feet and also there'd be so many players and the sound would be so huge. I mean it was definitely that wall of sound was really, it was really there. I never was in the studio that there were any different guys, it was the same guys always.
2: the wall of sound was the gold star echo chamber so, well it
4: was wall to wall musicians first of all yeah that's true. most people used a four piece rhythm section he had four guitars or six or seven there were four pianos always one upright bass one fender bass hmm. i mean there was only one drum usually fifteen people playing percussion instruments mm. in a very small room yeah Not a small room but an average room and right? a huge Echo chamber that Gold Star was famous for. Ceramic, that was the wall of science. Ceramic walls.
2: The wall of sound of Phil Spector is more like a lost feeling. It's heavy on you've lost that love and feeling. And it was a. Uh, he used the echo so much and it was swimming all the time. In spite of the baffles, we all leaked into each other's mics. Just mm-hmm. enough to give it the combination of leakage and echo. Plus, we were tired <laughs> by the 30th day, you're tired. You know? So it had a real relaxed feeling on, on his hips.
7: You lost that
5: Listen to another hit by a group called the Crystals, and what Phil Spector did with it. You'll listen to the girls singing, but the reason it's a hit is because of the background. Out that wall of sound and just go by the words itself. It's a ballad. This is the guy who wrote the song. This was his intention before Phil Spector got a hold of it. This is Jeff Barry talking about writing that song and singing it as a ballad. I mean, it could have been a ballad and it would have sounded like
4: I
7: met her on a Monday and my heart stood still The do run, run, run Somebody told me her name
4: I have no idea
5: what that means it doesn't matter that it has no meaning phil specter gets his hands on it and puts noise the wall of sound in between the words it becomes a hit but listen to what a compulsive guy he was he said listen i don't want this meta on a sunday you're gonna have to write it meta on a monday because met is an m and monday's an m this is pressure points in art, in music, and why it works.
4: Probably means the same thing as "do what did he" and all those other silly things. Actually, there was a big discussion about whether it should be I "met her on a Monday and my heart stood still" or "met him on a Sunday and my heart stood still." Um, Sunday seems like the day to meet someone and fall in love, but Monday sounds better. Met him on a Monday instead of met him on a Sunday. Like where that "s" come from? You know? So, met him on a Monday is where it is. And everyone thinks it's Sunday, (laughs) but it's
5: Monday. It's the only good thing that's ever happened on a Monday. (laughs) What about pressure points in my world of surgery, in the world of medicine? How important are they? They're very important. Things don't just occur randomly. And my favorite pressure point, and as it relates to sports, you better get it right. Met him on a Monday, you better get it right. Hank Gathers tragically died early, sudden death. Pete Maravich as well because of a heart. How do you evaluate a heart and determine if it's at risk? Well, the walls of a heart, the heart's a muscle. If the wall is too thick, the electrical current that goes through that muscle to pump your blood If I literally put an electrode on the skin in front of your chest, I can tell you your heart is healthy, not healthy, or even I can predict the future that you're going to have problems if you don't fix it because you were born with too thick of a muscle. How does that happen? It's a pressure point. Literally on your skin right now as we speak, I could tell that, but I got to put the electrode in the exact right spot so if you look at your chest you see your two nipples you see your breastbone called the sternum you see the rib cage in the right side of your chest the left side of your chest your heart is a pump but it's not sitting dead center it's actually tilted the clapper vision of what your heart looks like is a ski cap a woolen ski cap that's upside down the top of the hat is the lower portion of your heart called the apex the top of the heart is the top the brim I should say of the ski cap that's upside down we call that the base of the heart and the heart is actually rotated slightly behind your breastbone, behind your sternum and so if I put an electrode on your skin I will actually feel I could feel your heartbeat actually if I put my finger over the correct spot But if I put the electrode there, I can tell whether the muscle is healthy or not. It's called an ECG or an EKG. I don't want to get too technical, but I really want you to hear about the science behind the pressure points, the exact spot to put these leads makes all the difference in the world to see that electric current, to see that your heart is healthy.
8: Firstly, what does ECG stand for? It stands for electrocardiogram or electrocardiograph. And it's a way of measuring the electrical activity of the heart. Remember that the heart's a pump. It's a muscular pump that when it contracts, it will push blood either from the atria to the ventricles or from the ventricles out of the respective arteries. Now, before it can contract, electrical signals need to be sent down through this
5: muscle tissue.
8: And ECGs measure the direction that these waves move.
5: It has its own battery pack. Your heart has its own battery pack. Can you imagine? It's not your spinal cord that is having anything to do with how your heart beats. When I've scrubbed into heart transplant surgeries, it's amazing. You take the donor heart who died in a motorcycle accident, they're dead. You still have their heart, it's beating. You open up the recipient, take out their bad heart, and put a total stranger's heart in their chest. It beats all on its own. How can you determine the health of that heart? These are the electrodes. These are the sticky things you put on the skin. But where do you put them? Where's the key pressure point?
8: Is what we call a 12-lead ECG, okay? Now, please be aware that leads are different to electrodes. The electrodes are the sticky dots that you place on the patient, the leads are basically the set of eyes on the heart, having a look at what's going on, giving you the ECG readout, okay? So in a 12-lead ECG, we have 12 views of the heart, but in actual fact, we only, only use 10 electrodes to get these 12 views.
5: What are the 10? Six of these sticky things go in the front of your chest where the heart is, and the other four go on both arms, both legs.
8: Of the 10 electrodes, you are going to find that four of them go on your limbs. One on the left hand, one on the right hand, one on the left leg, one on the uh, right leg. They're four electrodes. The other six of the 10 electrodes go on the chest, and they're called the precordial electrodes. And they are also the electrodes that give you the precordial leads or precordial readouts.
5: And where exactly does your heart sit in your chest? It's not dead center.
8: We have six we start with the first one, and we call the first one V1. Now, where does V1 go? Remember, please remember that when you're looking at the patient, that's the right side, that's the left-hand side, and you know that the heart sits behind the sternum, a little bit to the left, turned a little bit, so the apex or the point of the heart is pointing towards the left hip. So you need to keep that in mind because that's important when it comes to the placement of these, leads, of these electrodes.
5: So where do you put the first one? You'd put it in a special spot to access the perfect amount of electrical current coming from your heart. V1 we call it. Okay. V1.
8: First electrode. We place from the sternum, go to the right of that sternum, and then count your ribs. Go to your fourth rib, and after that fourth rib is your fourth intercostal space. So that's one, two, three, four. So to the right of your sternum at the fourth intercostal space, one, two, three, four. We place the first electrode, V1.
5: My favorite electrode is V4. You know why? Because if you put your finger in that spot that he's going to describe, you can actually feel the heartbeat.
8: And that fifth intercostal space, if you feel, should be able to feel your heartbeat. What you're actually feeling is the apex of your heart hitting the precardium, okay? That's the 5th intercostal space. And that's where you put V4. So mid-clavicular, 5th intercostal space, V4.
5: So when you combine the sticky stuff that goes on your skin with the wires, the electrodes, and the leads, because they're coming from all these different directions, electrically you can paint a picture that's three-dimensional of exactly how the electric current goes through the heart. And here's the coolest part if the electrical signal is taking a little bit long time then you know the wall is thicker than the average wall and that's a wall that you better be aware of because that's diseased that's not normal because it's taking too long and you can see that on the EKG these leads and electrodes actually give you a three-dimensional look at your heart six views of the heart from four electrodes.
8: So four electrodes on the limbs give you six views of the heart plus the six views of the heart you get from the precordial give you twelve leads. That's your twelve lead ECG. Please remember these leads on the chest, they're placed on the chest like this. So they're viewing the heart from that direction. These limb leads are viewing the heart from this direction so what do we have we've got a view of the heart from here and a view of the heart from here we now have a three day view of what's going on electrically in the
5: heart pressure points in the world of surgery as it relates to sports and sudden death in an athlete and it reminds me of this song <laughs> That's a pressure point to your ear, to your brain, but pressure point to the bottom of your feet when you stand on a mat with bumps specifically designed, what does it do to your body? It's called a marma mat. And coming up next, we're going to learn what a real pressure point is like touching your skin. Fascinating. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
2: Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know, know Your Knee, knee Posts. <laughs> One of the most complicated areas of the body. ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee Dr. Clapper. on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Whoa! Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better Hello there. with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page
0: Hey, it's Sedano.
6: You know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Sometimes you can call me Smokey. Sometimes you can call me Rocky. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Today I want to be Tito, Dr. Tito Clapper. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers
7: down on me
5: down on you- Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. And every time Steve Paulette plays his song, where the singer is no longer with us, Here's both David Bowie and Freddie Mercury. They're gone. And they touched us. And will touch us forever because of this song. Just fabulous. And why is this song so special? Because what it does to your tympanic membrane, better known as your eardrum, just like the woofer and the tweeter in a speaker, vibrates in and out. Mechanical energy, the vibration that moves your eardrum. Well, guess what that does? It then moves a wave of cilia behind your eardrum. It looks like a wheat field in the wind. And the wind going across those wheat growing the waves of wind. That's what the cilia looks like behind your eardrum. And each of them have nerve endings. And those nerve endings, it translates mechanical energy into electrical energy. And the electrical energy in that nerve goes to your brain so that when, when you hear me talk right now, the vibration of your eardrum becomes an electrical signal. Talk about, we could do a whole show about how your ear works. But it's pressure points. And the song is pressure, under pressure. Well, nobody knows more about pressure points than my next guest, the inventors and developers of the MarmoMat. Who exactly am I talking to? Is this Damien and Susan? Hello, yes. Dr. Hello. Clapper. <laughs> we, we
3: love the Under Pressure song. A big David Bowie fan <laughs> I am. Yes. But so fitting, I'm really impressed.
5: <laughs> what do you think about this crazy idea of Phil Spector's Wall of Sound and learning how an EKG works in sudden death in athletes as pressure points. Crazy, right? It's
0: absolutely brilliant.
5: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, I'm excited to talk to the two of you, and I also want to say hi to Bennett, who's in the room, I guess, for helping set yes, this he up with, Hello, my, with my patient, Suzanne, who actually introduced me to your concept. So, Let's teach the listener what exactly is a Marma, Matt, the company that you guys have brought forth, and what a cool thing it really is. How did it start, and what is it? Ta- the, the, the microphone is all yours now.
0: Thank you so much. Um, well, I grew up in India, and while I was there, I learned um, Ayurveda, and Marma is actually a part of Ayurveda, which is a form of acupressure, hmm. Um, and so we invented this mat that a- actually has been used for a long time. We just came up with a very unique design, and it's nine and a half inches by 11, and it's got a curve on it with 178 pyramids.
3: And are and- you ready for this? Uh, warriors, warriors in ancient India used these mats conditioning and recovery tools uh, before and after battle wow.
0: and, and sports and martial arts. Hmm. Um, and it's, it's a very, actually a very old instrument that's been used for probably a few thousand years in India. And um, that the, the curve, it's actually very much uh, copying the feeling of walking in nature because nature has no flat surfaces. And, hmm. um, and 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 it creates a sense of homeostasis and balance when we walk on these uneven surfaces it's uh, apparently really good for the brain's neuroplasticity to be on an uneven surface
5: so let me put this and, into a frame for you as an orthopedic surgeon. I see a hundred patients a week and I've been doing this for thirty two years so you know a hundred thousand people easily I've seen. And many of them are upstanding, not complainers, tough people, men and women, who now no longer have cartilage in their knee. They are bone on bone. Their knee that becomes bow-legged or knock-kneed, it's swollen, they're limping, they're miserable, and they're coming to me for surgery. And many of them come to my office wearing, the Yiddish term is, a shmata. They're wearing a flimsy $10, they got it at the drugstore, sleeve on their knee, and I'll look at them like, what are you, crazy? What What is this thing doing? Oh, no, Dr. Clapper, I need to wear this sleeve. And I'm not talking hinges or a custom knee brace. I'm just talking about a schmata, a, just a sleeve <laughs> on their knee. And they'll say, no, no, this makes me feel more secure. I need surgery, but I have to wear this. And for years, I would go, oh, my God, that's ridiculous. But too many of them... Were upstanding normal people like the two of you. And I kept saying to myself, okay, something must be going on here. Well, finally, a paper was written by a very prominent orthopedic surgeon. I'm a big fan of his name. His name is Gil Scuderi. He's in New York. And he looked at arthritic knees where we remove as part of the surgery the ligaments, the ACL, the PCL as part of the surgery because they're dysfunctional. And one of the comments he made is that when you look under the microscope, you see that the burglar alarm sensor, like on the window for a burglar alarm, the sensor that gives biofeedback to your brain for position sense. If you close your eyes right now, you straighten your knee, you bend your knee, you can tell the position of your knee in space. Because there's a sensor, a burglar in the ligament called the Golgi tendon that gives biofeedback for positions, and we have a fancy word for it, proprioception, to your brain so you know the position of your knee in space. Is it straight or is it bent? Well, guess what? When you get arthritis, you destroy that sensor. So you have no idea where your leg is in space, and patients say My knee feels like it's going to buckle. It's going to give out. I can't control it anymore. It's not so much because it's bone on bone and swollen and painful because you lost your cartilage. It's because you lost the Golgi tendon, the sensor. Well, guess what? When you wear this schmata, this simple sleeve for $10 from Rite Aid on your knee, you now are touching pressure points, cutaneous nerves light touch, deep touch, that lives in your skin, that actually is an alternate pathway to your brain for position sense and makes you feel more secure of knowing where your knee is. Is it bent? Is it straight? Through the cerebellum. So I wonder if your marmomat and these ancient warriors realize that you're basically uh, hyper-intensifying your feelings that come from the skin these cutaneous nerves and the fact that you have these multiple points may in fact be the same principle i don't know it's just a thought but i think that's probably I, what's going on i completely
0: agree with that it was it it was actually mostly used as a recovery tool uh for injuries and and scar tissue and it's only in the in the last so many hundred years that it's become a yoga and sports tool. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I can I can see how in as it progresses in its uh, use for people, it's definitely going to get into sports and householders and and people who are on their feet a lot.
5: Okay, uh, listen, I want to keep you guys on the line. I'm going to do another segment with you. Let me just pay some bills. I want to ask you about how you use the marmo mat correctly, what are the benefits of the marmo mat, and to teach the listeners a little bit about pressure points. Is that okay? Can you guys stay on? Absolutely. Okay. All right, Warriors. We're talking to a very interesting device called a Marma mat. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. <laughs>
6: Hi, it's Greeny. There's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show right here on 710. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Maganda umaga. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Cells are just tiny people. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. But you will come to
5: a place where the
7: only thing you
5: back weekend warriors so blessed to be talking to Damian Haglund, susan trailer and bennett didana from Marmamat, a cool new device to help in therapy to help make your life better it involves pressure points so teach us a little bit about pressure points what are they
0: well in 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 the ancient indian term um marma actually means secret, uh, a a pressure reveals secrets. Hmm. Um, And also the word srota is used, which is very much like the drone after we pull a guitar string. So when we pull a guitar string, that's like the pressure point. And then the drone or the resonance that travels through the body Hmm. from the pressure point is what clears all the pathways and unblocks any of the pipes in our bodies. Uh, from like little pores all the way to heart arteries and lungs. It's all about circulation in the Marma uh, ideology. And they're always trying to improve the energy movement, the blood, the lymph, and all the all the functions that are pipes in the body. Mm. Are the resonance from the pressure point goes through those pipes and it clears any blockages inside it. Um, it's also a way to kind of self-assess um, if your body is too hot or tense or stressed. When you stand on the mat, you can actually feel the difference from a day that you feel really good or a day that you feel a little um, out of the weather. Mm. And, and the, 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 those points, the pressure points, really reveal all these secrets that are inside our body that we might not be aware of.
5: Wow. And how exactly do you use the Marma mat? Well,
0: they they originally were mostly used to stand on, mm. um, but they're also used to lay on. You can sit on them. You can use as self-massage. I, I, I use massage my hands with them because mm. I use my hands a lot. Um, it's also used uh, like with with a little bit of oil, you can get into different parts of your body and your thighs and your back. Also, the silicone one can be heated in the oven or the microwave and used, uh, or, or or cooled in the microwave and used as a hot or a cold. Uh, yeah. And
3: I, for example, I mean, the walking, sitting and standing, you know, doing doing steps, you know, some people use it as, as immediate relief. And some people incorporate it into their daily routine, you know, their their, their daily uh, fitness and self-care routine. And some people are just like, oh, I feel horrible right now. I need relief right this minute. And you get on it and you walk on it. You can dance on it. You can lay on it. You know, often I sleep with it under my lower back
6: Mm. and
3: i i wake up completely um you know invigorated you know Mm. and and i also i used to have um you know issues with getting pain from driving and i drive with a silicone one Mm. not a wood one but a silicone one on uh, right against my lower back and i can now drive all the way to san francisco without you know without a single bad feeling through Mm. me
5: so, um, uh, yeah, y- yeah. So, so, Damien, so Damien, tell me, silicone is an amazing device. We use it for finger joint replacements. Uh, we use yes. it in, in surgery all the time as a material it's used in breast implants. I mean, it's awesome as a material, as a space age material. What in ancient history, what did they, what were the original marmamats made of? What material? Well, the originals were made out
0: of wood, metal, and stone, and they were actually hand-crafted. Wow. Um, it was very difficult to even get a marmamat. mat. Uh, even in India today, it's very hard to find one because they have to be hand-tooled. We were fortunate enough to meet um, uh, wood crafters in Portland, Oregon, who actually were capable of doing this. I've been trying to find someone to make these for a long time, and a friend of mine in Oregon actually suggested that I use silicone because it's more versatile for children Mm. and people who are, you know, older people, or someone who's more sensitive to standing on something like wood. Mm. And so the silicone has actually been more popular than the wood Mm. uh, because of, like you were saying, it's a very clean um, uh, material. Mm -hmm. It's non-toxic and it's so malleable. It reminds me a lot of Skin. So mm-hmm. it, it, it reminds me of having your own massage tool, which yeah. isn't quite the same with, with wood and metal. Because of the give, I'm able, able to massage bones. Mm-hmm. I can go over like my knee joint or, or, or like r- right in my heels, mm-hmm. where sometimes I get a lot of pressure. And the mm-hmm. silicone is just delicious in that way because it really never fights you.
5: So the, the I am a, was, I'm a surfer. And I yes. am passionate about here I am a Jewish guy from New York being a surfer. That's a whole nother story, but i <laughs> and I'm a sculptor. that's my passion is going to Italy to Michelangelo's quarry and sculpting in the same stone he used to make the David. so those are two passions of mine, and for me, the athletic aspect of surfing, riding the waves, but basically you're doing it on a sculpture, which is a shaped a hand shaped surfboard uh is is marrying my two loves, which is the ocean and art and sculpture, and mm. as a guest on this show in the past, we've had many surfers, Jerry Lopez and uh, all kinds, Sean Thompson, but we had Greg Knoll, who's one of the great, the great greats, uh, the Mount Rushmore surfer of all time, big wave surfer. He and his son was a, were a guest, and one of the great projects. There's a whole book written about Greg Knoll going to the Bishop Museum in Hawaii and actually touching the old boards by the ancient Hawaiians. They have a, a couple of them at the Bishop Museum in Honolulu. And then he went back to Northern California where he lives. He's a famous shaper of surfboards and replicated after touching these ancient boards and, and made replicas of these ancient boards. But when you listen to this man, Greg Noll talk about what it was like just to be in the presence of these ancient boards, touching them, and then making a brand, a replica. So tell me, Damien, have you ever touched an ancient marmor mat, and do you feel the history in something like that? Do you, does it make you tingly oh. just touching it and looking at it? Absolutely.
0: Just even hearing you say those words, I was 11 years old when I first saw one, and it was actually a solid block of stone Mm. that may have been there for hundreds of years. And in that stone, they had hand chiseled one of these curved mats with the pyramids. And I I, I had no idea what it was. I I was just learning how to do wrestling and um, the Indian form of martial arts and The first time I stood on it, I actually felt this energy shoot up my spine and all the hairs on my Mm. spine stood up and I I was completely baffled. I'd never seen anything like this.
7: Mm.
0: And I didn't actually understand what it was till I was in my 20s. I just thought this was some ancient Indian thing and I wasn't really educated enough to understand. But then once I met my teacher um and he was super into these tools he showed me so many different tools but this was his favorite one of all mm. and he because you, it allows you to be present and work and do other things and just walk on it you don't actually have to use your hands mm. and so so there was this feeling of an ancient wisdom that has somehow survived thousands and thousands of years mm. and it's still popular today so that's why, I, I, and I've been really trying to find classy, clean materials that are biocompatible to make these, which has been an extreme challenge to to, to make them an, a, a, actually p- purchasable and affordable, but still holding that ancient feeling of, you know, the plastic couldn't do that. So that's why we stuck to wood and silicone because it's such an ancient material and it's so clean and bioavailable. Um, Just to keep that honor and respect that the traditional warriors paid to these
5: tools. Well, I mean, they were even pressure points can do that to you. This is this is this is pressure. This is Brian Wilson hearing hearing pressure points in his ear, driving his car off the side of the road. This is what he articulates, just like you touching that original marmamat. Listen to Brian Wilson.
4: Phil Spector,
5: um, he,
4: he was everything. Like, there, there, there's nothing to compare. He was it. The biggest inspiration of my whole life. Yeah, I was in my car with my girlfriend, and we were driving around. And, um, all of a sudden, this guy, Wink Martindale, a he goes, all right, here we go with Be My Baby by the Ronettes. And, uh, he you know, started playing, you know, and <laughs> you know,
7: you know.
4: so all of a sudden they got into this part. Be, Be my,
7: baby. And baby.
4: baby. And, and, and I, I said, what is, what? Whoa, whoa. I pulled over, I pulled over to the side of the, of the uh, street, of the curb, and went, oh my God!" Where? No way!
5: Sounds familiar, Damon, right? Standing on that marmot bat when you're 11 years old. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. You know,
3: I love that you brought up surfing because we have it with a couple of surfers right now. But it, it, I really, you know, as much as I see the marmabad being is about as valuable as the toothbrush. Like every single person should use one every single day. Right. Because I tell you, people who use Marmobat are a lot happier, a, a lot more pleasurable to be around. Wow. But one of my secret fantasies is that surfing, I grew up in Malibu, so I really want... Uh, I mean, we have some surfers who use them and swear by them, but I really wanted to take over the surf community as, you know, to have it on the beach before you get out on your board to work all the little muscles on underneath your foot and your thighs and your legs and your arms. And then when you get out of the water and you know how your feet are sort of frozen and hurt, to have that silicone mat right there with you on the beach, I can think of nothing greater.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, all I know is Suzanne's going to be very happy that we all met, and I want to thank you all for getting up early to be with us. What a beautiful endeavor. What a beautiful creation. And keep doing what you're doing. And thanks so much for being with us on the Weekend Warrior Show. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for your thank time. Okay, my pleasure. All you
3: right. can
5: look us up on Marmamat.com. Okay, Marmamat.com. Thanks so much. All right, Warriors, coming up next, the clinic will be open. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only... Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. So good.
7: But you will come
5: to a place where
2: the only thing you feel are loaded guns in your face and you'll have to deal with pressure. Holy emoji clap. Man. green tea <laughs> Prunes. Uh, yeah shot whiskey <laughs> not around here what's the best medicine
5: i cannot
4: wait we call it clafter <laughs> dr clapper calls this guy he says i got bad news and i got worse news guy says give me the bad news doctor says you got 24 hours to live the guy says well, what could be worse than that doctor says i've been trying to reach it since yesterday
2: <laughs> clafter <laughs> Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper
6: and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All right. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I have a Beatles wig on. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
7: The long and winding road.
5: To your door. Wow, that's been my life, a beautiful long and winding road from Far Rockaway to the waves of Ventura, California. Beautiful, and each and every Saturday stopping off here at the Weekend Warrior Show. clinic's open. The lines are all lit up. doesn't get any better than that. The reason we're playing Long and Winding Road is because Phil Spector produced that for the Beatles. He was everywhere. The last number one Beatles song. Wow. Pressure points. Pressure points in food. The greatest Mexican restaurant in Los Angeles that allows you to take your chip My mouth is watering already. And dip it into a bean dip where it gets lumpy and bumpy and it looks like a marmo mat. And then you dip it in the salsa. Oh my God. Don't forget their margaritas are just great, but don't make the mistake I made which was drink the margarita before the chips came. Dr. Clapper. I needed my wife to drive us home because I was incapable of driving home. And I did not share the margarita with her, which was another mistake. (laughs) Don't drink the margarita on an empty stomach. Have the chips and the bean dip first. But their margaritas are to die for. And the place? We're so lucky to live in L.A. that we can go to this place. It's called Los Toros, that are known as the Bulls. And this ain't Bull, this is a real place. Los Toros, up in Chatsworth, I think. Mm, is it good? Go there today. See, you'll see what I'm talking about. I defy you to have just one helping of their chips, bean dip, and salsa. You'll be like me. Excuse me, can we get another bowl of the bean dip and the salsa? Sir, you're just one person. How could you eat all of this? Well, because I can. And loving it. And loving it. Thank you, Maxwell Smart. Next week, my guest, speaking about eating in L.A., oh my God, the great Ted Sobel. He's been everywhere. He's been here his whole life. Thanks to Steve Paulette who knows him. He's going to be our guest. And what are we going to talk about next week? We're going to talk about Food, food in L.A., and he's going to take us back in time. Back to the days of Tale of the Pup, where you ate the hot dog at a place that's shaped like a giant hot dog. He's going to teach us about places like ships. This was a diner. You sat at the counter. What was unique about ships sitting at the counter? Right in front of every single stool at the counter was a toaster. You go, what is a toaster doing here? And I don't mean a toaster oven, a toaster. Because they would bring you two slices of bread, white bread, sourdough, whole wheat, whatever you want, some butter, and you'd be sitting there. they bring you the bread, and you'd put it in the toaster. you toast your own bread. Now, who needs this? You can have them toasted for you. But talk about something that became exciting to do you had a toaster. To hear the stories of these places in LA in a day that has gone by will be so delightful. And I cannot wait. Ted Sobel's going to be our guest next week. I think I should take one more call because the lines are all lit up and I feel. Let's go to John. John, you're on with Dr. Clapper. I'm Sean. I'm so sorry to make you wait so long. How can I help you, young man? Are you there, Sean? Hi. Hi, yeah. Can you hear me? I hey. can. How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 50. I'm a business owner. What kind of business?
1: Uh, we, My wife and I own three stores, and they are a Beef Jerky and California Souvenir Stores.
5: Wow. Beef Jerky. Where does the beef come from? Uh, California. Harris Ranch? Uh, majority of the beef. Yep. You wow. got it. That's the best beef. They have that Manhattan Beach Meats. That's the meat that they use. That's the best steak you'll ever have. Wow. So you have like a, ju- a mini steak in the... Wow. I love that. Good for you. I have to check... I have- you have to send some to Steve Palat and I so we can taste it. How can I help you, Sean? What's up?
1: So I'm having a back issue. I've attended from military service. Uh, I have a compressed disc in the lower back. MRIs in 16 and this year... Uh, showed us it got worse. And the reason I had the MRI this year is because, I, I mean, I got up in January and I, could, I couldn't walk for days. It was mm. The pain was like a 10. And I have a pretty good threshold for pain, but this one
5: was... Is the pain uh, in your back or does it radiate to your buttock and down your legs?
1: That one, it does. Uh, part of my right leg is numb, like on the front of my calf.
7: Mm.
1: Not numb to the point where I can't walk on it, but numb to feeling. I have toes in my left feet are numb. Toes in my right foot are numb. Mm. And I've had these... Uh, it's just weird like shooting pains like it's like my legs on fire at times on my left leg like somebody just took a match to admit my leg on fire when i do certain things so i went to the doctor um they said the the person who did the surgery said hey we don't recommend it at this point so we're considering doing the uh what do you call that shot yeah, yeah and, and you, you really said no because sure you, you
5: listened to the weekend warrior show right mm-hmm. It's my fir- my first. I've listened
1: to you a few times, but it's my first time calling in. I work mostly on the weekend, so I don't have the opportunity today. I did, and I thought it'd be a good opportunity to call you and ask you about this, get your thoughts on it.
5: Yeah, and you can listen to this show on the podcast if you go to the ESPN. Um, it's an app, and then you can listen to this at your leisure. I hate cortisone. I hate cortisone in your knee, your shoulder, your back, anywhere. Now, is it sometimes indicated? Yes, Doctor Clapper. My daughter's getting married. I want to walk down the aisle. I'm in, I'm in pain. To get you through an event, sure, you can do it. But to do it as long-term treatment, you gotta always ask about the side effects. They, it's not curing the problem. It's just masking it. Don't give me robitussin if I'm coughing. You, if I got pneumonia and I'm coughing, you better give me antibiotics to stop coughing, not robitussin. Capish? Right. So you don't want to really just mask the problem. I'm a big fan of avoiding surgery. I like to be holistic. I've written a couple of books, Heal Your Hips, Heal Your Knees, all about walking in a pool. But if your disc is that bad and you're this young and active and it's truly an isolated level, then you might be a candidate at this age for a disc replacement rather than a fusion. So you have mm-hmm. a pencil? I'm gonna give you the name. If you are my little sure. brother, who would I go to? Well, There's basketball players, and then there was Kobe Bryant. Who's the Kobe Bryant, in my opinion, of spine surgery? Who's the guy that I would send you to if you were my little brother? He's at Cedar sinai and his name is Pat Johnson. He's Kobe Bryant. And when you call him, it may take forever to get to see him. Who cares? You tell him you're my cousin. Tell him you're calling from the Weekend Warriors show. That's the only person who's allowed to weigh in, and I trust him. Because he will tell you, leave it alone. If he says that, you leave it alone. If he says, no, you can do this, this, and this, whatever he says, that's what you're going to do. Okay? Okay. Thank you. So, Sean, you're a total stranger to me. I never met you. I want you to find today a total stranger. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. You're welcome. I will do that. Thank you, Dr. Pappert. My pleasure, young man. All right, Warriors. Here we go. Another two hours. How'd that happen, Steve Paulette? I leave you with volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying, which we do every Saturday. Until next week, I'll see you on the radio.
2: Right, King James. Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Man. Be treated like medical royalty with clapper vision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. <laughs> Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. <laughs> Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook. Facebook page that makes me happy cheers